Hallelujah. So good to be here with you. I give honor to your pastor, Sister Bushnell. It's so good to be here with you guys. And Elder Bushnell and his wife. I love the Bushnells. I'm not just saying that. I've known you guys from afar. And I've learned to respect you even more. And I give honor to you today. And also the other ministry in the house. And I believe that we live in a day and an hour that we need everybody. Everybody. So good to be with the church of the living God this morning. So good to see you in the house. I'm going to go to 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 if you want to turn there. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter is from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Our title this morning is Lawlessness, Living in an Insane World. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you, God, for everything that you've done, for all the wonderful things, God, that you've done in our lives. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. God, I ask you today that you impart into our understanding what it would be that you would have us to understand this morning about your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. God, I pray for you to move in this service and to have your way. We pray it in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood of Jesus over this service, over our understanding and our hearing in Jesus' name. Can somebody say in the name of Jesus? Why don't you give him a hand clap of praise as you're seated? Hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve. The headlines read, When the insane or normal, the normal or insane. Knowledge is power. It's important that we understand scripturally the events of our day. Our text says, don't be shaken in mind, don't be troubled, don't allow anyone to deceive you. Evil forces leave no rocks unturned as a war against everything godly in this hour. We should take comfort in knowing it's more than just a cliche. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's becoming more and more important every day that goes by. That we understand that. There's much going on globally that would not be taking place in a sane world. Just a few years ago, events of today would not have been accepted then. This world is changing drastically and quickly. The immoral is accepted in greater proportions than any other day. 
The abnormal of yesteryear has become the normal of today. The Atlantic, a moderate magazine, published an article titled How American Politics Went Insane. In short, it explains a U.S. system of politics and government is broken because a great many things that have been done to supposedly reform the system has backfired. It reads that our nation has declined in the political system's capacity for self-organization, a term known as chaos syndrome. There are others comparing modern-day America to the fall of the ancient Roman Empire that become, became swallowed up in corruption and immorality. Even the secular world understands that we are in serious trouble. And I'm sorry if this is going to seem like gloom and doom I'm bringing to you today. One of the first messages of the new year. It's not gloom and doom. I'm looking to heaven where my hope comes from. I'm living on this earth for one thing, and that is to see Jesus Christ and hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And everything that I'm talking about this morning is simply drawing me closer and closer to that day. Will somebody say amen? amen. As Christians, we've, come, we've got to come to grips with the day that we live in. Stop allowing ourselves to become sidetracked by opinions, media, rhetoric, propaganda, and agendas. We have to go back to Bible basics and realize the Bible holds truths that address this hour. It warns us of an antichrist spirit that works and is in full attack mode. In short, in a short time, America has succumbed to an immoral, liberal state of godlessness that is about to do her in. Our country is so ripped apart by division that it's impossible to preach the word of God without offending somebody. The homosexual and the transgender is offended. Those that are pro-abortion are offended. The atheist, the Satanist, the Muslim, they're offended. Politics and government issues are a real part of prophecy. But point out the liberalism of government and political platforms and somebody is going to be offended. It's even become offensive to many when you preach the coming judgment of God. One of the tools the spirit of Antichrist uses in powering up the Antichrist is, a, is offense. It is part of the plan of the enemy to manipulate people to such an offended state that they will not receive the word of God in this end time hour. Now we are left with the consequences of a world gone mad, leaving godly principles to seek their own devices. America has given in to immorality. It's given in to abortion. It's sexual immorality rages with no thought to biblical consequences. Pornography is a multi-billionaire, billion-dollar industry. Unnatural affections, abominations is a norm. Everything goes in a lewd society. Modesty is a thing of the past. Purity is some old-school philosophy that is scorned. Government has condoned and even promotes 
this immoral society. Psalms 9.17 says, when a nation turns their back on God, that nation will be turned into hell. We've had times in recent years and months and days that it seemed like our world had been swallowed up by hell. Matthew 24, the disciples have asked Jesus, when will you return? What's the world going to look like? Jesus is explaining. We've heard and read the stories. History has documented the atrocities. Movies have been made of rogue nations of years ago, but the facts are uncivilized, lawless societies of the past don't hold a candle to what is taking place today. We have morphed from a so-called uncivilized global society to a new world order that is supposed to be greater, better, and more user-friendly. The new world order brought with it rage, hatred, and prejudices that has gripped our world with people killing each other without remorse or repentance. It's not something that's happening every other week or every other month. It's happening almost daily now as we hear and see in the news of someone else getting killed, especially law enforcement. There's no more respect for the law, for, for authority. Why? Because it's manipulated by a demonic force that races toward an unstated deadline trying to beat the demise that it knows it faces. That is why we see so much lawlessness. Matthew twenty four twelve. Jesus explains, In the last days, lawlessness will abound. The love of many will wax cold. The word for iniquity from the original here means lawlessness. It's not just rioting and shooting in our streets. Lawlessness is in government globally. It's in politics. It rages throughout society. We have never lived in a day more lawless than today. A day when there are places in our country that people live with an unsettling fear in a state of anxiety, without any security of feeling safe. I've come to understand, it has been my experience in services across this country, even around the world, that there is a real battle going on against the spirit of fear. That feeling is spreading like a cancer throughout our world. We live in a lawless world. There is no longer any shame in our world. Life is of little value. We value lives of animals more than we value souls of mankind. We all know about the recent animals that had to be put down to save the lives of children and the outrage that erupted. This world's mindset is twisted. The love of many have waxed cold, fulfilling scripture, pointing, screaming, to the signs of Christ's soon return. It's possible this morning that I'm boring some of you because what I'm talking about is old news. We live this stuff every day. We literally live fulfilling prophecy real time right out of the pages of our Bible. Just like stories in Scripture, David and Goliath, Samson and the Philistines, Israel at the Red Sea, the walls of Jericho, etc., on and on. The only difference in reading those stories 
and what we are experiencing is that we are living out in the flesh highly significant end-time prophecy predictions written some 2,000 years ago by ancient prophets. It's time some that haven't been paying attention recognize what time it is. It's time for some people that are called by the name of Jesus to recognize what we've heard maybe all of our life, that he is soon to return. It's time to, lo- to live it, buy it, lock, stock, and barrel, and understand Jesus is coming soon, and I must be ready. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody give him a hand clap of praise this morning? There are world events taking place that on the surface don't make sense. The British people voted to leave the European Union a little while back, an action known as Brexit or the British Exit. Britain was a member of the EU for 43 years. They weren't just a member, but a very powerful voice in the European Union. The British voted 52% to 48% to exit the EU. It shocked the world. The people of Britain declared they prefer British sovereignty over rule from Brussels. Globalists and New World Order agitators are upset that their agendas seem sidetracked. People are tired of government and politicians lording it over over them. It's another example of the spirit of Antichrist at work. Daniel 11.36 explains the Antichrist will do as he pleases. This spirit runs rampant, prepping society for tribulation living. We're, we're giving this morning examples of why so many things don't, don't seem to make sense. They, they don't until you look at them through the lens of Bible prophecy. As far as prophecy is concerned, many see Brexit as greatly setting back the development of the reviving Roman Empire. My observation is this. It's a mistake to believe that the British exit from the EU spells a postponement or even a slowdown in prophetic progression. I believe that this event is putting prophecy on the fast track to fulfillment. These dynamics are not stalling the spirit of Antichrist. It's actually, it actually speeds up the reshaping, the reviving of the Roman Empire process. Economic problems are building on a global basis. It's become very apparent that all monetary matters are intricately linked. One economic movement in any part of the world creates ripples that threaten to bring the whole system crashing down. There's more conflicts around the world now than ever in the history of earth. But major war is straining to break out all around the world. We live under Armageddon conditions, meaning the, lightest, the slightest spark in Armageddon could, could erupt. Russia is on edge, agitating with military maneuverings that threaten Soviet-style Soviet aggression. China flexes its muscles ever so often. North Korea continue, continues to beat its war drums. 
Iran continues with its nuclear weapons building, vowing to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Syria is disintegrating, turning into a heap of rubble. Indeed, Isaiah 17 is coming to pass right before our very eyes. Turkey is reshaping. Israel continues to be the target for a destruction for all of its terrorist spawning neighbors. Globally, world leaders, including the current administration of our nation, flirt with the ticking time bomb mechanism of Israel, threatening to explode World War III into action that military geniuses and analysts, political analysts, worry will happen. That day will arrive. Beginning with Psalm 83 and Isaiah 17, war, which is most likely already in process, right? On into Gog, Magog, ending with Armageddon, with an antichrist making his debut in the middle of all of it. This is not the day, it's not the hour to be slacking in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is is the day to make up your mind. Nothing else matters. The most important part of my life is I will be saved and I will have an altar and I will pray to God every day, every hour, every morning that he will save me. It's time to make up our mind. I don't have anything else that's more important than my relationship with God. Britain's exit from the EU makes perfect sense at this time in Bible prophecy. Britain's membership alongside Germany didn't fit Bible predictions for the last days and the condition listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ezekiel 38 and 39 lay out a future fast approaching invasion against Israel by an alliance of nations led by a leader from the North Russia. Vladimir Putin at the helm when Gog Magog breaks loose remains to be seen, but... He has made tremendous strides in aligning the coalition together. He continues more and more flexing Russia's hostility in the political arena of this world. This alliance is described in detail. It is a Gog-Magog battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Today, right now, in 2017, two alliances exist in the Middle East. They are described by Ezekiel in the chapters 38 and 39. These alliances are eerily aligned right now in our modern day world. These nations have never been aligned like this in history before. In fact, there is history of them hating each other. They correlate exactly with with the predictions made by Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is the alliance of Gog Magog that will think an evil thought and attack Israel. These nations have gravitated together today. Exceptional close relationships exist that have formed in recent years. Wrapped up and around all of this is ISIS. It's not going away anytime soon. They're not going to be obliterated or defeated anytime soon. ISIS simply adds another layer of terrorism chaos to everything and its ultimate goal to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Ezekiel 38.3 declares that God will put hooks 
And their jaw in verse 10 says to take spoil. The oil and gas reserves that Israel has found in recent years are massive. It, it makes it worthy of the hook in the jaw description for attacking Israel for the spoil. The alliance is formed. Gog, Magog is charged. It's simply a matter of time. There's another alliance depicted in Ezekiel 38. It's those opposing countries that will respond to God's invasion of Israel. This coalition described in Ezekiel 38.13 offers up a weak, mild protest against the Gog-Magog invasion. Have you come to take a spoil? Have you assembled yourself to take away cattle, goods, gold, and oil? It is this mild protest that is prophetic and relates directly to Britain's exit from the European Union. Britain. Part of the EU meant that Britain functioned as a part of the apparatus, a voice with other members of the European Union, including its foreign policy. Britain listed in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38 does not make sense as part of the EU because it would be protesting against members that are listed as part of the Gog-Magog invasion. It makes perfect sense that Britain exits the European Union. This was a small, obscured piece of prophetic puzzle that still needed to fall in place. God is in control. Another event that is tragic to world globalists is results of the U.S. election. I'm not talking about your or my opinion. Obviously, there has been much opinion stated through social media. If you don't believe it, just get on Facebook. As the rioting, the protests are rampant around our country. But I'm speaking of the globalist outlook. I quote the French ambassador to Washington tweeting his dismay at the collapsing new world order. After Brexit and this election, he said anything is now possible. A world is collapsing before our eyes, dizziness. He's right. Anything could happen. Globalists see Brexit and the American exit as setbacks. But these events are not setbacks to Satan's powering up tribulation agendas. 2 Timothy 4.3 warns us of the conditions in the last days. People would not endure sound doctrine. 2 Thessalonians 2.3-4, don't forget scripture. Paul warning, don't let any man deceive you. It is Satan that produces, that promotes a substitute for God. It will be a man, it'll be a platform, it'll be a government. The original says that it is a government that stands on its feet and declares, here's your answer. Today we see people turning to government for their answers instead of God. What we are experiencing today is a snapshot of what is to come. Don't overlook verse 9 through 11. In the future, a platform arises from the pits of hell. That is after the working of Satan. The people so programmed to relying on government that they fall for it hook, 
line and say, what am I saying this morning? My trust is not in a government. It's not in a politician. It's not in a man. It's not in a system. But my trust and my faith is in the almighty God. Will somebody give him a hand clap of praise? But people lose out because they turn from truth. They believe the lies, the power, signs, and lying wonders of satanic vision. In doing so, God sends them strong delusion to believe a lie. Then remember Henry Paul Spake's words, former Secretary General of NATO. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the alliances of all people to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or devil, we will receive him. That is a world's mentality, mindset that you are living in today. Looking for somebody and looking for, am I down on Trump? Am I down on this? Am I down on that? No, my trust is in the Lord God Almighty. No prophecy Prophecy has not had a setback. We aren't in a reprieve. We're not, we're now fast tracking. There are not, there, there are not globalization setbacks. The clock, the, the, the history has not turned back in time. George Soros and other billionaires manipulate for a one world government. They've pledged to continue to pour millions into what is being called American terrorism. And other political hotspots around the world. He's a major proponent. He's in the news just about every day. He's a major proponent of the new world order globalization. Other billionaires are not as vocal, not as visible as Soros. But the agenda hasn't, their agendas haven't changed. It's just become more volatile. Because elitists don't like perceived setbacks. The path of this world has been set into motion. A new president, a new leader of a nation, any nation, whomever you thought it needed to be, who, who you thought it should be, was, is, is not the answer. The masses funded, pushed, prodded, ultimately motivated by the spirit of Antichrist will not be satisfied until enough chaos is created that Paul Henry Spake's words, be he God or devil, will come to pass. Globalization marches on. The push for a united world has not faltered. The setback has not taken place. If anything, the results of Brexit And America's election has created more fire under the elitists and the global mob of angriness. The spirit of Antichrist is having a heyday. The only answer for Christians, the born-again, blood-bought bride to everybody else in this world is Jesus Christ. That is our answer. The rally cry needs to become, I want more of Jesus I want less of this world. We need to start letting go of things of the world. And we need to start clinging and grabbing hold to more of Jesus. Our focus should be, I must be saved. What we need to be watching for is a rapture. If you're wondering what is going on, what 
all of this is about how did we get here? Why is everything so dysfunctional? People from all walks of life, from all cult- cultures, from, from every mindset is wondering why things are the way they are. Beyond the short answer of that's, it's the days that we live in. And that is correct. There is answers from the word of God explaining how we have arrived at our current state of dysfunction. It didn't just happen. We didn't wake up one morning and we were here. Much scripture explains it, but let's look at one passage. Study Romans 1, 24 through 32 when you have the opportunity. It'll give you the details. We'll look at verse 24 and 26. Now I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. This is written to the church. Warning the church to be aware, to beware be of leaving godly principles. This world has lost its grip on biblical reality. It has turned its back on Jesus. It seeks strange idols to worship. It searches for human ingenuity and immorality. This world is a messed up place. Second Timothy 3.13 predicted that it would wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There is a driving force behind all of it. You're probably familiar with 1 John 4, 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you've heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. 1 John 4, 3 pursues our text reading 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. Thessalonians is warning those that will listen to not be deceived by the forces of evilness racing to bring about the fulfillment of Revelation 16, 13 through 16. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. During the tribulation, three unclean evil spirits come out of the mouth of the devil, through the mouth of the Antichrist system. And out of the mouth of the Antichrist goes out into the world, drawing nations and masses to the battle of Armageddon. The setting of this scripture is right before Armageddon. What we must understand, that same spirit is working right now against humanity. It's working against nations and governments, against anything of authority to impose its own authority. You wonder why there is so much instability, so much violence and chaos. You can blame it on this or that. You can choose whatever source that you want to choose. But the core issue is a spirit of Antichrist that is all in. And it's an all out war against humanity. Breaking down sound thinking. It battles individuals like you and I. It's all about reaching the ultimate goal of crushing humanity in the valley of Megiddo, Armageddon. Today, all the lawlessness, the chaos, the distress of nations, 
the dysfunction, the Brexit examples, the government insanity, the shootings insanity, the rage, the hatred, the racism. Every messed up dysfunction you can think of is a workings of the spirit of Antichrist chasing the so far elusive fulfillment of Revelation 16. Some will say, don't spiritualize everything, preacher. But somebody better wake up and realize that there is a spirit world more real and at work than our physical world working behind the scenes manipulating to be the dominating force in your and my life. Ezekiel 38, 9 describes it. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. It's like a hurricane coming. You guys know about those things down here. But before the hurricane gets here, there's tornadoes that spawn off. Creating calamity and catastrophe. We're in that time of tornadoes. We're watching for the cat 10 that will obliterate this world. But we can't be sideswiped by the other storm that's hit, that hits in our family, that hits in our finances, that hits in our home. The dysfunction and the reality of life that comes to every doorstep during this time. We've got to be aware of what is taking place in our world. Our text talks about the push for the wicked one, the Antichrist to be revealed. It explains that the end time church is going to see plenty of gloom and doom. And I've talked about plenty of it this morning. During the last days, the earth is going to be full of dysfunction, a cesspool of filth and messed up life right before the rapture. That's what it's going to be. You can look for it to get better. You can hope for it to get better. You can pray for it to get better. And if you're living in that world, it's going to get worse. But God is in control. And I'm here to point something out to somebody in this place this morning. If you're living in the church, if you're tied to the church, if you're bought in lock, stock, and barrel, if, you are, if you've given everything you have and you are seeking the face and the will of God, that place out there in the world is not yours. We are part of the church of the living God. God protected his people in Goshen against a barbaric Pharaoh that wouldn't bow to an almighty God. If you're plugged into the church, you've got his protection. If he can protect a nation, he can protect you and I. I heard this morning in men's prayer of wonderful testimonies of the hand of God, what God has done for a group of men in this church. And we've all got those testimonies. God will protect you if you're under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. His bride will be protected. The end time bride is seen with its head lifted high and victorious. It's not beat up and bloody. Whom should you fear? Of whom should you be afraid? 
God in you is greater than anything that we will face in this world. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. The original explanation is don't be anxious for anything. The one in relationship with God through supplication prayer will have the mind of Christ for this end time hour. And he will order your steps. He will give you the I'm talking. I, I, I wish somebody believed with me this morning what I'm talking about. God will order your steps. Those things I have spoken unto you that... In me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Brother Bushnell, my goodness, God is te- Scripture's telling me, be of good cheer and all hell is breaking loose. We've got this and that going on. We've got illness taking place. We've got all of this situation, financial destruction and dysfunction, family dysfunction. But he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Now, if I read scripture correctly, also in the Bible, it says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, if I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost and he has overcome the world. He living in me through me can overcome whatever situation that comes. I wish somebody believed me this morning. If you believe me, why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you give him some praise? Why don't you give him some honor? Why don't somebody glorify him this morning? Why don't somebody, somebody praise him right now? Why don't somebody worship him right now? What has he done for you last year? What has he already done for you this year? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, God. We magnify your name. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But I will remember the name of the Lord my God. Is there anybody this morning that knows the name of Jesus? That powerful name. I wish somebody would pray. Come on, people. Come on, somebody. Somebody worship him right now. Somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't do it because I'm prompting you to. But from your innermost being, could you think of something that Jesus has done for you? I'm asking you one more time. Could you think of something or some things that God has done for you? And one more time, not because an evangelist is attempting to get you to praise and worship him. I'm telling you, folks, with what's coming to this earth, this is what's going to get us through. Our praise and worship to Jesus, our giving him our all. Would you praise him one more time? Would you worship him this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you, God, for my heritage. I thank you, Lord, for being born in America. I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. I thank you for the family I was born in, for the church I was raised in. There's so many wonderful things that we can thank God for, that we can thank God. Thank you for healing my body. I thank you for saving my soul. God, I give you thanks. I give you praise. I thank you for my finances. I thank you, Lord, for how you provided. Oh, I give you praise and I give you glory. I honor you today.
what I want to do this morning. I mentioned fear earlier in this message. And what I'm getting ready to ask some folks to do, it's not a blight on your record. It's not anything against you when you answer what I'm getting ready to ask you to do. My own family, I've watched this take place this past year. What I said very briefly in this message about the spirit of fear, I could have expounded there for a while. I've watched traveling this, literally the swirl. I've seen it in different nations. I see it in churches all around America. People fighting fear. I walk into churches in different places. And I feel fear, Brother Bushnell, so thick that I wonder how in the world can they even worship God. Now, I'm not saying that's this place this morning. It's not. I heard wonderful stories this morning in men's prayer about the goodness of God and the peace of God that overcomes fear. But even in this service this morning, I felt that ugly head of fear trying to creep around the people, the children of the Lord because fear neutralizes faith. And it's time to have that measure of faith that was talked about earlier this morning. It's time to have that operating in our life like never before. Does anybody believe that? So this morning, if you felt, if you have felt the spirit of fear attacked him. I want you to come to the front. If you have felt, and I can almost say that it'll be 100%, if you have felt the spirit of fear attempt to come against you, I'm asking you to come to this front this morning.